I can tell. I can tell that someone's a grumpy Gus, and it's making me a little scared. (laughs) I'm a little cranky today. It's mostly I do not feel well, and I don't know what the cause of it is. Oh, no. Do you think you have the Rona again? No, it's like a tummy thing. Oh. Did you eat something fucked up? I mean, probably. Oh. But, like, I also think I I went too, too hard at Gim. Oh. So, like, in a way of, like, when you're hungover, you're really supposed to hydrate, like, a lot, and then you're not supposed to, like, just power through the pain. It's really bad for your body. Um, so, I think, I don't know. I've been I've been not feeling well for, like, a day and a half. Really? That long? Yeah. I don't know. That doesn't seem like... That doesn't seem like it's exertion-related. Yeah. I feel like that's a sickness coming on. <gasps> a day and a half is a long time to feel ill. Well, middle of the day to now. Middle of yesterday to now. Yeah, that's like a day and a half, man. I don't know. Or a little bit less than that, but still. Yeah. You got, you're got you having tummy problems? Yeah. Like you're upset? or So it's not like being it's like sore. A, it's something. like a high t- high stomach problem. I'm like, do I just have heartburn? I might just have heartburn, quite frankly. Yeah, you might. Like I said, what did you eat? Some Chipotle? I did have that for lunch today. Oh. I, I only had half of the bowl today. See, I think what's going on is that you've been a good boy for a while. And uh, now the bad treats. I also had, I ordered the Mexican pizza for nostalgia purposes. Oh, And it see? was really bad, and I regretted eating it immediately. You've doubled up on the bad treats. Well, I thought the other thing would like negate it for being like moderately healthier. Plus, it, I just, it was the only thing on the way back to from picking up all my shit. And I was like, fine. I don't want this. Honestly, man, I think that explains it. <sighs> I think going back to back with chain Mexican fast casual <laughs> is not ideal when you've, you know, you've been clean. You've gotten a <sighs> taste of the other side. I know. I feel gr- it's so gross. You can't be a lettuce eater and a gym goer and then dive neck deep into bowls of rice and processed Fat, cheese. Yeah, it's not good. And expect to feel well. I think that's probably the explanation. That's <sighs> what I would venture. Great. Well, yeah, but um, either way, it d- you're d- giving me the scary face of Grumpy Gus. Yeah, I'm a little cranky. It's fine. It is what it is. Okay, I'm a little, I'm a little tight tie. Yeah, even though I did not work yesterday, I then, uh, mm, nah. You know, when you schedule a you know, an actual date with someone and then they don't respond until the actual time that you're supposed to be there, and you're like, well, you didn't uh talk to me uh, all weekend, so. I went and ran errands, so I don't know what to tell you. Sorry. Wait, what do you what do you mean? I don't quite follow this story. So you had planned a date and mm-hmm. they just kind of ghosted on you for like two days, and then so you didn't plan. We set you the, threw a time. We out set there. the like, oh yeah, Monday after six thirty ish. Great, but no like where to meet. Don't have this person's number, so it's really fucking useless because I'm not going to go to a, a bar and have to communicate on Hinge. Well, at least you didn't get. St- stood up that's what it kind of sounded like originally is that you had made plans showed up at the place and then they canceled on you at the last no. minute but they just didn't make anything concrete happen so. and then at six thirty, when i'm in in car not looking at the phone yeah because i'm not trying to get that ticket again you know right um it can wait it can, it can all wait and then i get home and i look at it like did this motherfucker ever oh yeah would you want to go here and i'm like I just walked in my door because you did not talk to me for two straight days. I do not give a fuck. And that's probably on me. I probably should have been like, are we still on? Yeah, you could have done a follow-up, but I don't really think it's on you. I think some people honestly just operate that way. Like, they don't really think about what the fuck is going on until it's happening. And then they're like, everyone works on my schedule, right? You know, I think a lot of people don't like to plan ahead, don't plan ahead, just never work that way so they're not thinking about other people and their needs and they just assume oh well they said monday after work so they must have kept this open all weekend yeah no and uh no that's not how anything works is this person younger than you i have no fucking idea oh you don't let's find out just some rando huh Mm. like and then no no communicado so this this is this is also someone who has a rainbow headband i really should have just someone who's 32 okay I mean, yeah, they shouldn't be behaving that way, but again, I think a lot of people just do. That's not a good sign. I know. You don't want a flautist. Yeah, you do. Oh. Well, in a certain sense, yeah, I suppose you do. (laughs) True. You kind of do. The woodwinds. It's a good sign. Mm. At least the first part of that word. Mm, Okay. Anyway, (laughs) but it's fine. I'm... 
Yeah, I mean, you didn't really lose out on anything. I did. I, I would but never. Like, I would never agree to plans that late, even with someone I knew well. Even unless if, I truly if had I didn't nothing hear going on. like for like a full day, I'd be like, "What the fuck are we doing? Are we still doing anything?" Right. But even then, I can be passive aggressive and be like, "Bitch, are we on? What are we doing?" Instead of just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" No, I'm not doing anything right now. I'm also like not going to do or dive. No, of course not. I have dignity. Okay. Thank you. And rant. Wow, yeah. Yeah, this is the problem with coming back to civilization, you know? I'm woods-pilled right now, Oh. and I'm in a pretty good mood, and then you come back, and everyone's just fucking complaining about whatever's going on in It's because it was, like, hot this weekend, so people were rowdy. The rowdiness was out and about. I know. Summer in the city is not good, you know? Well, it's supposed to, like, chill the fuck out because it's about to pour right now. I'm like, thank fucking Christ. Um, cause yeah, it's, it's not good. It's, it's not, it's not feeling great out. Bad vibes, bad vibes on this Gemini season. Start. Yeah. Yeah. It's just hard, man. You know, I had my phone on airplane mode for a good long time mm-hmm. and then you turn it off airplane mode and you come back and this is what you get. Get some, some high key energy. Not blaming it on you in particular, but you can just feel that energy when you're driving back into the city. You're like, uh oh, it's, it's hot tense. here and everybody's a little tense and you know. Yeah, it turns out it's just a struggle session, like as it, it always is. But it's when extra, you're not in that yeah. mode, it's it's a little yeah, it's a little different. it's a little intense. It's a little you know, it's aggravated. Uh huh. You know, I'm not aggravated. Well, I'm good. Get ready, bitch. Get ready to get aggravated. No, no, I don't want to be aggravated. You know, when you when you take the wood pill, and then you come back, you gotta let you gotta let that energy ride out for a while. That's Are the you? whole point of it. It's a bit of a reset mm. for your mind and spirit. Huh. And uh, I'm looking to preserve that energy. Yeah. You know, huh. I'm only podcasting with you because, you know, hey, I'm back in the city, too. My schedule kicks in. This is maybe my only available night between now and Thursday. So we got to do it. You know what I mean? And here we are. I uh, can barely walk right now. Yeah. Why are you hobbling? I am extremely sore, more sore than I've ever been in my whole life. How many miles was it? Uh, we did about 21, a little more than 21. That's not that bad. Well, uh, no, that is really intense. It's not 21 city miles, man. You're not walking on flat ground. I know. A. It's got hills and valleys and peaks. You know, it was more than 60,000 steps. Let's put it that way. In two days. 48 hours, 60,000 steps. And uh, we did two peaks. I climbed the two highest mountains in New York State. Why? Back to back. That's not a good weekend. idea. Well, that's the whole point of the trip. That's what I'm saying. And it is a good idea. It's rewarding. You feel a sense of pride and accomplishment for what you've done on your hard, treacherous journeys. You're carrying only what you need to survive, plus a sore in air and extra vape juice. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh huh. You know, and you feel good. You're sweating. You're working. It's hard. Yeah. You connect with your primitive self. It's masculine energy. You feel like a soldier. The amount of heterosexuality on this means that no one stretched beforehand either. No one did any mobility stretching before. Oh, no. We stretched on day two. <laughs> day, day one, you just kind of get in there. Nope. nope. But day two, you, you got to stretch because you're waking up. I woke up almost as sore as I am today on day two, and we did, God, we did the bulk of the trip. We did the higher peak on the second day, 5,300 feet, and we did... God, how many miles? Uh, 14 miles that day. It's a lot. Yeah. So, oh, oh, by the way, with 35 pounds on your back the entire time. So it's, you know, I'm 185 right now. It's like weighing 225. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Or 215, sure. Whatever. Pretty close. Yeah, but your other muscles are supposed to feel like the weight of that and not your your feet. Yeah, it's not my feet that hurt. It's oh. my other it's my other muscles that hurt. My feet oh. are fine. Mm. I got the good shoes. It's all good, but man, oh yeah. That amount of extra weight even with a well-balanced pack and uh ergonomic equipment. Oof. Let me tell you. The iPhone doesn't track that, you know. It tells oh. you, "Oh, you took this many steps or you burned this many calories," but it doesn't know you have the extra weight on you. The iPhone said we burned 8,000 calories, but I bet it was more than 10,000 given mm. the weight involved. And the limited quantity of food that mm. you have. Yeah, I don't know about that. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely, dude. I know. Well, Believe me, I know. <laughs> I don't know. It's not, you know, you're not really dipping into the full deficit quite yet, but, you know. Oh, you absolutely are. I mean, if I, it's too bad I don't actually own the backpack. I couldn't bring it back here and mm-hmm. have you just pick it up fully loaded. It would horrify you. It'd horrify most uh, lay people. What is it, like 35 pounds? Yeah. You said 35, yeah. Right? Yeah. That's not terrible. Uh, no, but have you ever tried walking around with 35 pounds on your back for even one mile? I carry the weight of, you know, disappointment on my shoulders every day. It's a lot more than 35 pounds. Oh God, it's not, it's not a psychic problem, man. It becomes a psychic problem because it's a physical problem first. This is the whole thing about the hiking and the backpacking that is the, you know, the joy of the challenge is, you know, it becomes a mental game when your muscles are failing you on the way down the first peak. And you're like, oh, man. I mean, you're just describing how out of shape you are is all you're doing, really. I'm a little out of shape. I'll admit that. But it wasn't just hard for me. The other people I was with are fairly experienced backpackers, and it was hard for everybody. I mean, the Adirondacks, first of all, are extremely rugged trails. These are not, even out west where the peaks are taller and things, like, the trails are not necessarily as insane. This is all rocks. And you're hiking in water for the most part. I mean, it's like you know basically like hiking in a creek the entire time because when you're on your way up and down you're like the area that is cut as a trail is basically just where the water flows down the mountain right it's the only place that's eroded enough to climb to climb that is the path so you're walking more or less in water the entire time no at least in runoff it rained part of the day too but um Mm. you know let me walk you through the trip because it was quite a it was quite a fun ride. Okay. All the way through. So, we arrive in the town on day 1. Uh-huh. To spend the night in a hotel. I mean, that's I would I would count that as day 0, not even day 1. We all arrived Friday night because we were coming from different places. Mhm. And we got a meet up. So, we meet up in a small town, Lake Placid. I don't remember the name of the actual town. There's a lot of small towns around there, I mean, but it's the Lake Placid area, the winter complex zone from 40 years ago. And I'm thinking like Olympics yeah, they held the Olympics in Lake Placid, I think, in like 1980, maybe 81 or something. Oh. The Winter Olympics were held there. It was a big deal at the time, and they hmm. still use it as a training facility. So the Olympic oh. facilities are there everywhere. Like, huh. we drove by like the skiing high jump, you know, where they have the large skis and they fly real high. We saw where those towers were. There's Olympic complexes everywhere. Huh. And they use it as a training facility to this day. And I'm sure they hold events there, too, because... Why like, not? Yeah. Well, they must, because like, I think people tend to forget that Olympic sports, as obscure as they are, they still exist outside of the Olympics. Yeah. And they need venues to exist at. You have to have your world championships somewhere. Yeah. So all of these disused Olympic complexes, I think, just go towards these obscure sports the rest of the time, and they become the venues for them. Yeah. But yeah, I'm thinking like, oh, we're going upstate, upstate New York, like it's going to be like Trump country, you know? No. And it's really not. It's granola hippie people. It well, yeah, kind of. I mean, it's it's wealthy liberal people. The town we went into, I've never seen more Ukrainian flags in my entire life. Oh yeah. I it mean, was I support the current thingville, you know? Yeah. There was a Zelensky twenty twenty four yard sign at one point. Handmade. I couldn't believe it. I don't know if it was handmade. It looked printed. It looked bought and stuck there. I mean, you were almost in Vermont. Yeah, it's true, but like... So, you weren't in New Hampshire. Well, we, we we ended up going to a nice restaurant on night one and got some delicious brisket. It was a good smokehouse joint. But uh, we were seated at a beautiful table that overlooked a smaller lake. It wasn't Lake Placid. Uh, and there was all these like really idyllic houses on the other side. And we were like, I wonder how much those houses cost. You know, $7.8 $2.6 Incredibly expensive. Yeah. And then it sort of explained the place suddenly. Where I was like, this isn't even granola hippies. It's rich people. This is ultra wealthy people. Yeah. In their second homes. And I, but I've, you know, I've had some exposure to that going upstate, you know, to like Kingston and Hudson, but this was on a whole nother level. No, 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 no. These are people who are like, Oh, we have to go into town, get the chopper. Y- exactly right. These are helicopter people. Yeah. A hundred percent. So yeah, it was it was a weird vibe because I wore my Alex Jones shirt. And I was like, I'm going to be at home. Like, no. this is a perfect environment for this. And then I was getting a lot of weird looks in the restaurant from a table adjacent to us of a bunch of old people, like, whispering about it. And I was like, man, everyone relax. You know, they renamed their Moscow Mule the Mule. 
very obviously in light of current events. It was very strange. It was a strange vibe up there. But we stayed in a beautiful hotel called the Roadway Inn, a.k.a. the Roadhead Inn. Okay. You would love it. I'm going to show you some pictures later. There was a indoor pool and a hot tub that was clearly built in the late 50s or early 60s and had remained in the same condition this entire oh. time minus like you know accessibility additions um but it was very cool because you know no modern like roadway style hotel you know what i'm talking about like, uh, the yeah. double level with the balcony like yeah no, no place like that built after 1975 would have installed an in-ground pool in a little hut not a hut, like inside. It would just be outside. Yeah, it would just be yeah. outside. And it would a be, lot of them in Borscht Belt are outside. And it would be overgrown with algae or otherwise not taken care of. Usually no. at those little roadside hotels, it's kind of a non They're non-goer. pretty clean. You know, or this time of year, it might not be open yet. Because up right. in the mountains, it's, it's like, cold. Yeah. It's a little colder than here. It's like not quite ready for this, but right. it was great. I'll show you the pictures. It was really cool. It was very Mad Men, like when they go to the Howard Johnson. Yeah. It was like preserved right out of that it was beautiful hmm. like little plants in the corner william leavitt style you know what i mean like little planters with like ferns and vines right and a i mean that's just pot. how yeah mm-hmm. that's just how the world should look quite frankly i know but it rarely does anymore well so we had a nice night one doing that i mean frankly just being pampered yeah you know and it was it was a lot of fun but uh you know morning one we drive to where we're going, you know, you hike out like normal. It seems like it's no big deal. You hike the first like two or three miles, but almost immediately it just kicks into like straight vertical ascent up nothing but craggly rocks. I mean, for 3000 feet, we're going at like, I don't know, probably a 30% grade on the way up. 30, That's a lot. 30 to 40. I mean, it's really hard. Like, to put it into perspective, like, the way up would have been, like, climbing up the World Trade Center twice with the heavy backpack on. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you know, it's not a straight climb. So they say that it's, like, you know, two miles or whatever up to the top, but you're zigzagging back and forth the entire way. I mean, right. in terms of pure steps, it's probably more like four. As the crow flies, it's two. Does that make sense? Because the trail... Yes, but I don't yeah. know about this crow. I don't know her. Well, that's just that's just a common saying. As the crow flies means like if you look at something overhead on a map and you would draw a line oh, between point like, A yeah. and point B, it just means with no obstructions, this is how far right. we're going, but it doesn't account for terrain, doesn't account for... You can't just throw a like staircase on the thing and be like, we're going straight, straight no, to the top. No, the map gives you a little bit of a hint, uh, you know, because like the hiking maps are like topographical i think they call it where there's indications of elevation changes right um so you can kind of tell like okay this stretch right here is about to be pretty rough or whatever right. but on the way up you know we're bounding up there we started at seven thirty in the morning we summited peak one by ten thirty. okay and it was the second highest one 5100 feet the first day right and i'm like wow this is great like we totally crushed it. This is awesome. We're taking photos at the peak. It's super windy and cold up there. There's a little bit of snow on our way up still left over. But all in all, it was like really idyllic and beautiful and easy, more or less, because we were all fresh. But then on the way down, we yeah, it's not comfy. did the steepest path in the entire Adirondack Mountains. That's very dumb. Uh, well, we had limited options because in order to complete the loop that we wanted to complete in oh, two you days, to you have to mode. go a certain mm-hmm. way. So the guys told us, they were like, hey, this is on hard mode. Because you kind of, first of all, before you do anything, you have to like register at a little like little, hut. little shack and like talk to the guys and get bear cans and all this stuff because you keep your food in bear cans. And if you don't have huh. them, you have to rent them. So we did that and the guys were like, hey, you know, there's going to be snow up there. You're taking the steepest route down. Like it's not going to be very easy. Like just so you know. And we were like, oh, yeah, whatever. It'll be fine. But on the way down, immediately the top of my thighs was just like, okay, we're burning. Mm -hmm. That goes on for mm, a thousand feet down. There's 2000 more feet down to go. And my muscles like were the closest I've ever felt to actually failing on me Mm. where I'm right. Yeah. Where I'm like, okay, this is not just a question of like being a pussy. This is a question of my, my mind is not connecting to my muscles and my tendons anymore. 
they're not doing automatically what I tell them to do. Right. So that's when the challenge becomes psychological. That's when the physical shifts into the psychological where every step you take, you're like, okay, put your foot here, move your leg this way, make sure the other foot's planted. Like usually that's very intuitive and you're just kind of bounding about doing what you're doing. Not if you're at that level where you're like, ooh, the twitches. But yeah, when your muscles are just so worn out that they're like, now you're like, okay, my sense of balance is different then my skeleton is different than my musculature is right. different than my mind. And I have to consciously coordinate all these things every step I take mm-hmm. because the danger also is that you're going to fucking tumble down this thing. I mean, for me, the way down is m- much scarier than going up because there's, there's parts going up that are like fairly sheer um, rock faces where like you're basically on all fours climbing up the thing. And if you were to fall backwards, uh, you're going to tumble Hundreds of feet, yeah, uh, and into other people, and it's just a, it's just a disaster. But it's easier to control going up. Like the gravity uh, of each step is really felt, and you're like gripping the face. But on the way down, especially with a pack on your back, yeah, you're a little more. You are really relying on your lower body to stabilize you so that you don't fall forward, right? And start and start fl- flipping like head over heels down the thing and you also got to watch out because you, you take a misstep even if you don't fall you can break your ankle you can break your right. knee you can break your leg the whole time you're just trying not to do that and i had you know two-thirds of a descent left to go in major pain like i understand now what people mean when they say agony <laughs> okay like i've been in worse pain physically but it's the mental part where you're like oh i, I you, you know i've broken my back i've broken my leg i know what like pain feels like but this is more but that's like acute pain yeah this is more that's like different you have to concentrate now the whole way yeah and it hurts and you have to ignore it and you just have to like fucking figure this out you know because there's no other thing you can do there's no panic button you can press you can't call the chopper in we don't have a satellite phone we don't have a panic button oh like the only way down is to actually just do this thing hmm. you know and everyone's moving a little bit faster than me. I was running P4 down that mountain the whole way. I don't know what that... Oh. Position four out of four, you right. know? On the way up, it was it was all, like, pretty even. We were just, again, bounding up there. But So the way down comes, and I make it. But then, you know, that's not the end of it. When you get to the bottom of the mountain, you now have to hike another few miles to get to your campsite for the night, which is still on a downslope, but not as, like, gnarly of a grade. But, again, you're walking, like, another probably three, four miles. When you're already tapped the fuck out. Yeah. You know? And so we... I feel like maybe doing the the scaling and, you know, around three hours is maybe what... You know, that's a little too aggressive. Well, that was really fast. I mean, I, I think by everybody's standards, that was really fast. And maybe like, too fast and then, ooh, nah, getting I mean, a little tie-tie. There's no reason to go slow, though. Like, you're still going to be... Muscle-wise, you're still going to be in the same state no matter how fast or slow you do it. The speed is just a cardiovascular thing, which I handled fine. Like I'm, I'm huffing and puffing, but I can get through it, you know. And you're sweating this entire time, like you're turning into the grossest human in the first hour. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, but no, I mean, I think, I think slowing down our pace wouldn't have really mattered that much because I, I would have been just as tired. And like I said, I wasn't really feeling it on the way up. The way up felt fine. It's the way down when all that impact is critical, you know, just think about it's hard to imagine. But like when you walk downstairs, you're activating a lot, a lot of muscles. And it's hard to you don't think about it because it doesn't usually matter to you. But but I mean, this is why, like, you know, the 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 anatomy of the foot is a very strange thing. Right. So like the heel, this poor this poor bone. The heel is just taking it left and right, left, right and center all day long. Poor bastard. You know, and we in our modern times, we don't wear like rubber shoes typically, right? There's very little, because A, everything is getting cheaper. We know this. So everything's like foam. So poor, poor, poor Healy really just getting it. Until you actually have to use it and you're like, I need something to absorb some kind of fucking shock because otherwise, if that starts to fatigue, then the whole ankle starts to feel it then too. It just, it's the epicenter of pain. 
Well, again, the feet are not the problem. Like, I have nice hiking boots, you know, and the the impact there is fine. The ankles and the feet are fine unless you take a misstep, then you're in danger of right. hurting yourself. But it's really what I'm talking about is your knees and up. Your yeah. knees to your core. Yeah. Even when you're walking downstairs, you're actually using, like, every single one of those muscles simultaneously. And if you fuck up the joint of your leg to your hip, you will feel that so hard. Oh, yeah. And it's not fun. No, and it, it just it's just a burn, and it gets wobbly. When it gets wobbly, and you're like, do I have to pop you out right now? What are we doing? And when your balance starts to go, it's scary, you know? Mm-hmm. But so anyway, yeah, we've, we finally get to the bottom. And night one, as it usually is on one of these trips, is a lot of fun. The first night's always the best because, you know, you get your sense of accomplishment. You've done the thing. This is amazing. It's all good. Except we couldn't have campfires. Certain areas. Yeah, it sucks. But certain, like, wilderness areas don't let you do that. I mean, they don't want you to burn the fucker down. Yeah, and I don't know if, it, like, because people cook on them, they attract more bears or something. But they just didn't let you have it. But... They had these structures, they call them lean-tos, but they're really more like cabins with three walls. They're just cabins missing a wall. That is lean-to, yes. I guess. I always think of a lean-to as like more of like a half-teepee, like a bunch of sticks leaned against a tree. When I was growing up, that's what we called a lean-to. Yeah, but that's like Ohio poor man nonsense of like, well, you're not really in the wilderness because five months away is a fucking McDonald's, you know. Right, right. Yeah, like, but a, like a, a lean-to like built by a park service is just like a three-walled cabin. Yeah. And we were able to secure one of these, which on one of these trips I've never done. I don't think anybody I was with ever had. We were intending to tent camp. You know, we had all that Ugh. gear with us, but we found one of these, which, what a fucking godsend. Because it rained like hell. We arrived yeah. early because we made such a good time that day that we had like a lot of time to chill at night. And mm, maybe an hour after we got to our lean-to, it started raining so hard, and then it started hailing. Like, not quite golf ball size, but, like, you know, rubber bouncy balls from a machine outside of a grocery store. Like, about that size of hail. That's a lot. Falling, you know. We had a visit by a couple of uh, three guys from New Jersey that got caught in this hailstorm. And they found the lean-to. And they wanted it for the night, but we were already in there. We were like, sorry, bros. But they came and sat with us for a while and waited out the rain. They were quite a cast of characters. I mean. One of the guys was a little heavy set, and he had broken his boots, both of them. God knows how. how? I don't know how. I think just from weight. the sheer weight. And he just had duct tape wrapped around his feet. And he'd been walking through the pouring rain with these duct taped boots. Honestly, it's not the worst. It's a solution. I mean, it's a solution, but they were very ill prepared. They were very... Um, happy to tell us that they had stolen a weed pipe from a small child who was attempting to hide the pipe from his parents. So I guess they were eating lunch by a river and they noticed like a large family down there and one of the kids went and like stashed something behind a rock and they were like, I wonder what that kid was doing and they walked over there and sure enough, it was like a brand new pot pipe. So they just took it, you know. And then when they came to our place, it like fumbled out of one of their bags and someone was like, hey, your piece is on the floor. And they were like, oh, yeah, we stole that from a child. <laughs> and we're inordinately proud of it. There's so many parts of that story that are sad. And one of the guys was just playing video games on his phone. It was like a it was a really weird scene. How the fuck did they get there? I don't know. One of my friends described it as the leader, the loud sidekick, and the quiet one. Oh, boy. <laughs> that was their dynamic. Oh, boy. That's rough. Yeah. So we had to hang out with them for a second, which was no fun. Um. But then later that night, uh, Graham had uh, downloaded Terminator 2 onto his phone, so we had a little movie time in the lean-to. Oh, boy. We watched about a third of Terminator 2 in the dark. So are you much better than... <laughs> you can't, you know, casting stones, glass houses, glass lean to Well, at a, at a certain point, uh, someone demanded that we turn it off because we shouldn't do screen time during, you know, Woods time. And everyone agreed by mutual assent that that was true. The bit was funny. Downloading Terminator and watching it was okay, but we didn't want to finish it, you know. It's a thirty-five-year-old movie. I mean, it's old. You well, know, everybody's you know seen it, it too. Right. You know, it was it was mostly just a sleep aid. Like it was a nice thing. It just a little comfort of the outside world while you're like lying down, almost dead, ready to just sleep on this hardwood floor. You know. Yeah, you should be ready to go. Should not need any te- technological uh, 
joyous at that point. Uh, it was just a it was just a fun thing, you know. Mm. It wasn't really part of it. It was just uh, you know, it was a little bit in the mix. Watch Terminator also, in, how in the deep woods. What is this battery life that consisting? Well, of uh, you it? know, I had a battery oh, pack had, with yeah. me. So did somebody else. So it was no big deal. We could plug it in and and watch the thing. So we do that, and then day two. You know, my friends that I was with, they're like, they're kind of hardcore. You know what I mean? They like to do this thing. So mm-hmm. I kind of didn't realize that second day included another mountain. Oh, that was left out of the information packet? Eh, it, well, it, was, it wasn't left out exactly, but I wasn't like really paying attention. And I was just kind of going with the flow and whatever. And then it was revealed, you know, late night one that, hey, tomorrow's like an even taller mountain. And, you know, we're all tired from the first mountain. Because for context, like, I've done this before, but with no pack. I've climbed similar mountain um, okay. in this in the same wilderness, but with no backpack, it's, like, really not that much of a problem. I mean, I can't tell you how big of a difference it makes hmm. being easy that weight, you know? Um, yeah, I bounded up and down a similar-sized mountain, like, in desert boots and black jeans a few summers back. Like, you know, I was a younger man, too, but it was really no problem. And I've done this in West Virginia. I've done this in Kentucky. Um However, doing two in a row, it's not great. Everybody kind of felt by morning like maybe we shouldn't this do is this. An oopsie, yeah. Like, here's an idea: why don't we just drop our backpacks off? We'll hike to a new lean-to. We'll drop all of our stuff off, and then we'll day hike the mountain with no bags, and then come back. Huh. And I loved this idea. I thought what this is great. What if your shit gets stolen? I thought I, you know, that doesn't really happen in in the woods. Like, there's a pretty solid code amongst hiking people that they don't, don't touch they really don't shit. fuck yeah. with people's stuff it's like you really don't have to worry about it it's very strange hmm. um yeah there's people there's so, not a lot know. of highway robbery out there like hikers are very nice to each other because they are like hippie adjacent like there's really a lot of camaraderie and a lot of respect for that kind of stuff like if you set up a tent and like leave all your stuff and nobody fucks with it except for if you leave a pipe yeah well apparently, well, apparently you know those guys from new jersey notwithstanding but hey Newark has different rules than the rest oh, of the country. Boy. We all know that. So that was that was thrown out there. But then, you know, sure enough, because it's, you know, because there's a lot of masculine energy going around, instead of going with the good plan, which is why don't we do this the easy way, mm-hmm. we go with the opposite plan, which is, eh, actually, it would be more efficient if we just did it the hardest way as fast as possible. That's incredibly stupid. Because we woke up kind of late, honestly. We... Got started on the first day at 7.30. We didn't really get started till 9 or 9.30 on day two. And this is a big deal because when you're trying to find your campsite for the next night, you have to start that process around 4 o'clock or they're all going to get taken. taken. Right. So, you know, it honestly did make more logistical sense just to backpack again, do the mountain as fast as we could, and then try to find a lean-to into in due time after that you know because we were kind of cutting out a lot of hiking by just going over the mountain rather than around it to a lean-to first set the stuff down climb it come back down right right? just go up fucking over the thing and do it again meanwhile i'm thinking the other guy seemed okay but i'm thinking like i don't know if i'm gonna make it this time you know i'm sure i can make it up there right but it's the descent that's gonna fucking kill me yeah. My legs already hurt so bad. On the way up, I can take it, but on the way down, like, it's scary. And they're like, well, you know, frankly, like, the mountain is higher, but both the ascent and the descent are easier. You can think about this in well known oh, mountain right. climbing so it's terms. Like, like, K2 is the harder mountain to climb, even though Everest is taller. You I know? don't know what any of these words mean, but I do know hang- angles, you know, so I can figure this out. You know. Yeah, you were about to do the motion with your hands. Like there's there's the shorter mountain that's skinnier. Yep. And then there's the squatty little tall big bitch. Precisely. So day two mountain was a little bit easier of a climb. Frankly, the ascent was just as hard. Like the grade wasn't as steep for a lot of it, but it was longer. And then when we got above the tree line, the last thousand feet of it, you're kind of like you're kind of like running short of oxygen anyway. Like you could really, oh, well. you can really feel the difference. I mean, it's nothing compared to something that's ten thousand feet high right. or twenty thousand feet high, but you still notice it. And it's just a craggy rock face that's like windswept without tree cover. Um, Oof, no, it's just a sheer climb, and like you're really huffing and puffing, and it's the wind is whipping, and it's you know, it's Lord of the Rings conditions. Like 
if you can picture like those New Zealand mountains and a lot of those shots, like that last little bit really does feel like that. And at least there's not people going, oi, this is a knife. Every, every 50 steps, a break is necessary. You know, you're, it's that steep and that hard that you're like, you know, it made me realize like when you watch Mount Everest documentaries and they're like, you know, we were uh, 300 feet from the summit, but we had to turn back because of a storm or whatever. I always kind of poo-pooed that, like, what? Just wait and then go. Like, what's the big fucking deal? No. But, you know, when you're tired as fuck, tireder than you've ever been, every step is, like, really felt right. in a hard way. And you have to take a break, in their case, probably every 15 feet rather than every 50 feet. Well, you're stabilizing everything all the time with every Ooh, step. And you got all your gear, and it's just, it's it's tough. It made me understand why, because, like... You know, it's inspiring that last thousand feet because you can actually see the peak. You're like, okay, it's right there, but you're tired now. Well, and it's yeah. hard, and you really got to push to get up there. But so we get up there, and you know, it's beautiful and everything. But the rain's coming in, so we can't spend a lot of time on peak two. We got to get Scooch down the down. other side before you know we have to go frog mode. Everybody puts on their ponchos and like puts on their tarps and gets ready for the rain. And we're going down the other side, and my friend's like all right, I think you should take some ibuprofen. And I'm like, yeah, how many you got? And he's like, I can spare three. And I'm like, all right, give me three. Mm-hmm. And I took the ibuprofen, and you know what? It helped. It does. It helped a lot. I sh- probably should have been taking it the entire time. You should have taken it the minute you felt the twang. Yeah, but then it's too late. I should have taken it on the peak of day one right? for the descent, and then I should have taken it night of to numb it out and then i should have taken it all day the second day right i mean i should have packed basically a whole bottle of pills i I needed 20 ibuprofen for this trip yeah and i had three that was my ration so i took my ration all at once and of course it takes a little while to kick in and the hardest part is the descent from the peak you know The, the first thousand feet on the way down are way harder than anything else it did eventually get a lot easier, but I'm climbing like in the most pain. I'm climbing like the most sheer rock faces. Yeah, that's not good. And just bounding down. You know, like a lot of the steps are as high as stepping off this table. And when you're like trying to going scooch, down yeah. at a grade and again, the pack and again, the pain, like trying to balance and do that and do it quickly, keeping pace with I people. I can't wait for you to be old and need the walking sticks. Well, I used the walking stick this whole trip. Everybody did. Oh. I mean, especially going down, it's basically a necessity. To. No, I mean like you know the you know like the really thin ones that the hikers do? Yeah, that's what we had. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Um I used it basically the entire time except for the ascent on day one. On a descent you must do it. No, but I mean you're gonna use it just walking. Oh, I sh- I'm sure I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, I know. You're gonna be the cranky Kong walking down with <laughs> Believe me, I was cranky Kong. <laughs> and I'm gonna be cranky Kong, but Yes, I I know, I was. And I mean, I haven't even gotten into the conditions yet because, like I said, I briefly mentioned... But if it it rains, the rain doesn't just go away immediately on mountain. Everything Mm. is wet. No, and everything's already wet because it's just the rainy season in general. So even if you have a nice day, like, it's still muddy and wet absolutely everywhere, you know? But the worst part was... um. We saw a little bit of snow on day one, and it wasn't really that big of a deal. But the guys kind of warn you, like, hey, when there's snowpack up there, like, you got to be careful because what happens is the water runs underneath the snow, right, as it starts to melt. And the top of the snow is melting at the same time. So usually the top of the snow is ice, and underneath the snow is completely gone. So when you go to step on it, A, it's slippery. And B, if you put your foot through it, if the snowpack does not sustain, you're just falling all the way down through it. Yeah. So it's a real risk of like breaking a leg, breaking a knee, breaking a foot, uh, taking a misstep like that. Because you're basically walking on like snow bridges, if you can imagine that. They're hollow underneath. No, thank you. Um, And they're several feet thick usually. Not always. Maybe maybe a foot thick at the thinnest, the walkable ones. But it's scary because when you're walking on that, like you can go through it. You're walking on the equivalent of a Dairy Queen Dilly Bar. Thin, crunchy shell, soft, melty interior. That's exactly what it's like, yes. Which then also, if it's kind of shallow, if it's even a little one, you're like, oh, look at this little, 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 uh, boba puddle that I'm going to just, and turn into a slip and slide. Well, right. And there's not a lot of snow left, so usually you can just go around the snow for the most part. But we hit a part 
on the way to the second mountain where for probably a half a mile, we had to be on the snow. There was no way around it. And I mean, I'm telling you, you're walking on like a narrow path of snowpack that like can barely sustain the weight. Right. And, you know, I was the fourth person in line. So I'm walking in the same footsteps as everybody else as they're making it through the thing. And several times my foot went through. And luckily I didn't you land on a rock or like break anything. But now you're ankle deep in the black water that's underneath it. So the dry feet you've been able to sustain for 36 over. hours yeah. is just over and that is no fun i mean the least fun part of the trip was the snow and ice part like it looks beautiful because you're in these like you know it's 75 degrees out right but you're in like an alpine jungle yeah. it's very contradictory no i don't remember if we were doing this podcast when i went to west virginia i think i think we were but eh, no it might have been before but I, I had a really beautiful experience there once where there was a snow-topped mountain full of rhododendrons that like literally looked like Donkey Kong. Yeah. So this is a very similar thing. Um, very pretty, but treacherous. Yeah. Absolutely. Nature scary. is fucking scary. I don't know. I don't. I don't know why people like it. it. Because it's a challenge, you know. And there's parts of it that aren't fun. That's when I got cranky. Kong was at a certain point. I was just like, fuck. Like, you know, I can't go through the snow again. Like right. this is no fun. I'm not having fun. We need to get past the snow part. And sure enough, it was like steps later that we did. Right. By the time you're frustrated, it's almost over. But the worst part about that was that was on the way up. So, of course, on the other side of the mountain, the conditions are mirrored. So you're having right. to go through the snow now on a descent where you're sliding. Rather than crunching through it, the danger is that you're going to slip, fall on your ass and start sliding down. Right. Um, so that's going on, too. But luckily, we all made it through it and it was right. fine, you know. And so day two you know, basically we're m- mid end of day two and we're at the bottom of the other mountain and we're walking, we're walking, we're like, okay, like the campsite we were going to go to is a little out of the way. Let's just walk an extra two miles to go to the one where there's guaranteed to be one. Mm-hmm. So we set off in that journey and we're like, okay, so this is four miles away from the mountain. We've already hiked five plus all that elevation. Right. We get to that point and we're like, you know what? It's only about another three miles to the car. We're just going to the car. It's starting to rain now. We can't make a fire anyway. There's a good chance that these lean-tos are already taken because it's later in the day. So we're all dead tired, and we're like, who's got it in them? And eventually we all kind of convince each other, like, all right, it's going to be torture, but let's just death march this as fast as we can in the rain, and we'll get to the car, and we'll get a hotel again. We'll go back to the roadhead inn. We'll enjoy the hotel. That's probably a good idea. It was the fucking best idea. Yeah. This was this was the best trip we've ever done because we got luxury on both ends of it. We only had to spend one night out in the wilderness. I think that's fine. It was awesome. We did m- more mileage. I mean, well, we did the mileage we intended to, but we did it fast. You know what I mean? This is why I think you're feeling more pain than you would if it was extended because you're you're you know, you're doing the I haven't done anything to let me go run five miles. Yeah. And you're like, why does my body, why, why broken? Yeah. Because that's too fast. We did three days in two days. Yeah. That's not good. So it was, it was intense, but it was great. We get to the car, you know, we're like, oh, this is the best decision ever. We're a little bit scared because at this point it's like 7 p.m. And we're like, all right, it's 7 p.m. on a Sunday. Like, are we going to get a hotel room? Yeah. Is there going to be places open to get beer, to get pizza, like to really do this up? Right. Turns out it all panned out. But it was like right on the line. Because, you know, in a small town environment, it's like. It could be rough. Who yeah. knows? Everything might be closed by now. It's not a holiday weekend. So hopefully people are gone and the hotel's open. But we just yeah. don't know. We haven't had service. You know, we can't even check the weather while we're out. Right. There. You check it before you leave and that's all you know. And then you're looking at literally like a paper map. Or like a map on somebody's phone that they saved right. prior to leaving. Like you have no information. It's re- it's really really weird, but that's part of the element of it that is so nice. Like hmm. I didn't think about fucking monkeypox or Joe Biden or Dave Chappelle opening for John Mulaney or fucking Formula One. I didn't think about any of this shit at all. Hmm. Of course, it all comes flooding back in one second as soon as your phone goes off of airplane mode. Oh yeah, well. But so what we did, which wasn't a hundred percent adhered to, but was adhered to for long enough to make it substantial. Kept it on airplane mode. That's what we did. 
we got in the have car. Have luxury and and airplane mode. That's what that's what we did. We got in the car and somebody said like, "Oh man, I don't want to turn my phone off airplane mode." And we were all like, "Neither do we." Like, let's just not. Yeah. So we had to for certain things cuz like we wanted to order a pizza when we got there. And we were like, "Fine." Okay. We're we'll we'll order a pizza. But like that night in the hotel, we just watched like whatever was on TV. We watched part of John Wick on Telemundo. Which oh, was a hilarious experience. That's kind of, was it dubbed? Yeah. <laughs> of course it was. So, you know, you're watching Telemundo, John Wick. We watched a bunch of Discovery Channel shows about, like, catching tuna, you know? Okay. Somebody fell asleep. Some, you know, the rest of us are just, like, drinking Bud Light and whatever's left over on our flasks. It was, like, just such a nice night, you know? Just the boys having a time. No phones. The no, f- I think the no phones is really a, a, a wonderful... I, I You know, it would have been disappointing to be like... Okay, well, we're going back to luxury. Let's just sit on our phones in silence. You know, that's not really the move. Yeah, no, no, no. That's not really the move. I mean, I was the most guilty party in this. Like, around 10 p.m., I was like, all right, let's be real here. I need to, like, look at my fucking internet stuff. <laughs> that's how I caught up on everything I listed before. Jesus it's Christ. It's like, oh, yeah, I got to know what's going on. I don't even, I didn't even know about the Mulaney th- thing until, like, yesterday, late in the day. And I was like, whatever, who fucking cares? Well, the, you know, it was a little bit depressing to me because I expected like, okay, I'm going to turn my phone off airplane mode and here comes the flood of texts and emails and it's all just junk mail and not a single text from anyone. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Okay, well. Well, if you tell people that you're going to be in the wilderness. Yeah, then go, I, oh, that's, that's fine. You know, it, it, it only hurts a little bit that nobody cares about me. But. Oh, get the fuck over <laughs> it. I was busy, you know, spending most of my Sunday reading Gawker, classic style on iPad, just real big. Like a grandma learned how to do two pl- two pain mode and was like, "Oh, this is a this is the greatest." What invention. is two pain mode? You can have your main page and then when you want to read articles, do you open them up in a separate side scroller? Oh, really? I didn't Fucking know that. Great. I was like, "Ooh, this is what the iPad's for." Yes, I understand now. I was like, "This is the greatest shit I've ever seen." Um, you know, get a little soak soak in. Yeah. Maybe have an entire bottle of wine while you're soaking, which. Wow. It's not good. Mm-hmm. No. I think that's bad for body. Yeah, I don't know. You're giving me a lot of shit for being sore and doing like a courageous activity. And meanwhile, someone's just bathing it up with an entire bottle of wine and a Mexican pizza and an order of Chipotle and wondering why they're a grumpy Gus. I <laughs> went to... Listen, <laughs> I lifted... Look, I know I your lifted, date stood you up. I lifted very heavy on Sunday. Thank you did so you? much. Yes. And that's it, great. I was feeling it. So, Well, I got to tell you, man, after this hiking trip, I was thinking, I was like, I I know I'm not going to do it, but I was like, realistically, if I did something like this, I got the car, you know, like if I did something like this once a month, I would be in incredible shape because, no. yeah, I'm telling you, because it, for two days, you're not really eating that much and you're exerting yourself fucking constantly full body workout style. It feels amazing. You get to go on airplane mode like it has all the qu- the qualities uh-huh. in addition to the exercise that I appreciate that I like, oh. you know, so it's like. If I just did this once a month, like for, you know, late spring, all summer, and once in the fall, like you would seriously, you would be in incredible shape. You really would. With your normal New York activity in between of like basically always getting 10,000 steps in, riding your bike, like doing this stuff, like for you going to the gym every once in a while, or for people that do that, like, I mean, seriously, one weekend a month, you would be in inc- unfathomably good shape. Mm. incredible let's see let's just do a quick let's just do a little quickie check here i mean on the month i've burned six thousand calories in the month of may that's what i'm saying you can do that in one weekend yeah but that's still only in one two only in 10 hours yeah, that's fine. I mean, you know, that's not too. I'm not. I'm not you know comparing I mean? anything to anything. Yeah. What I, What I'm saying is, but like, you know, it doesn't have the fun of like, I'm away. Well, and this wouldn't be fun yeah. for you. Oh no, fuck you know that. what I mean. For a lot of for a lot of my city friends, it wouldn't be fun. I've had this oh, conversation yeah, with multiple know. people. They're like, no, fuck this shit. But what I'm saying is, like, y- you could condense like a month's work worth of working out into two days, basically. And if you conditioned yourself in between that, even a little bit. I mean, yeah, people, you yeah. would be crushing it. And and, it, and you can tell because when you're out there, like, it's funny seeing the people that are hiking all the time because it's like every everyone from, like, elderly people down to the young people 
are just the most fit people you've ever seen, and they're like lapping you on these things because they just go and do it all. Because that's time. well, that's also just part of their lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like oh, we get to do a little hikey, a little hikey time in, you know. But in, I'm saying, in between, they're probably like running five miles a day. They, I don't even know if they are. I think they're just hiking a lot of the time. Rich old people love a good jog in the morning. Maybe they're jog. I don't know what they're doing. But what I'm saying is like they got that Peloton. They're just you know. I feel like what might work for me is like hey just. One weekend a month, take a drive up, take two days out, and just go hard as fuck. You know, I feel, I feel part like you're of gonna end re- up on the news. It's worth saying that part of the reason I feel so bad is that I went straight from doing nothing and having COVID to doing this. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, I've I've done this in better shape and not felt so bad. But also, it's not bad. It's like I just feel tapped out which is a great feeling this is a mental and physical reset in every way it's it's nothing but advantage like it feels so good to be this tired like whether you're a dog or a human being every once in a while you're supposed to feel this tired yeah and the fact that like modern people almost never do because we're just charmin bears that sit around on our ipads most of the time Hmm. like you're supposed to feel this way this is how humans are supposed to feel like again like i i can't I didn't even get into it enough, but like the primal connection while you're out there where you're like, I, I don't need anything more than what I have with me right now. Mm. That's it. Like I have everything I need to survive on my person right now. That's an amazing feeling. And you know what? You could still lose half of it and you would be fine. If I didn't have the phone, I'd be fine. If I didn't right. bring my camera with me, I'd be fine. If I didn't have the vape, I'd be fine. If I didn't bring the tequila, I'd be fine. Like all of right. the little amenities that I brought with me aren't even necessary. No. Don't even need them. Like I could shed half the weight, you know? Right. And the whole thing, the whole experience is about shedding weight. Psychic weight, like physical weight. Like you're just shedding, shedding, shedding. It feels so good. And it's nice to be out there with friends. Like the thing that doesn't tempt me about making this a habit in my life is like I don't have a community here of people to do this with. Right. If I could get Trevor to meet me once a month, if that was our thing, like, hey man, once a month we're gonna meet up somewhere that's halfway between all of us or whatever. Just once a month we're gonna do this. The wilds of Connecticut. Yeah. There's no wilds in Connecticut. No, but like I mean, it's gratifying, dude. Like, I climbed the, you know, w- on the way on the way back when someone said, like, we were the highest people in New York today and not in the 420 sense. Oh, Like, right. that's kind of an amazing way to think about it. We were. Hmm. For a brief amount of time, we were higher up in New York State than anybody else. Isn't Mount Kisco higher? Uh, we were on Mount Marcy, which is apparently the highest one. And we are on Mount Ong- Algonquin the day before, which is the second highest one. That's where we got the name? What? For the old uh, yeah, table? well that that guy, uh, yeah, that guy was like the governor at the time that that mountain was first summited oh, or something okay. like that. I could check my phone, but there's so there, in the twenties, someone was just like, yeah, no, in the eighteen thirties, really? there was there was a plaque up there that was erected in nineteen thirty seven for the hundredth anniversary of the summiting of that mountain. Oh, that would explain. And that. they okay. named it after the like governor at the time, um, and they had the original like summiting party um, listed on there. And this guy, Marcy, whether he was the governor or whatever, I don't remember exactly what his title was, but he had commissioned this survey. He said, all right, you need to go find the highest peak, climb it, measure it. And right. then, so they named it after him because he decreed this, you know? Hmm. Um, but yeah, it was really cool, dude. I mean, the, the sense of pride and like satisfaction. And I mean, doing two in a row. That's too much. It, yeah, made, me, it made me feel so good. I was like, you know, saying on the way out, I was like, would you guys ever want to do like Mount Kilimanjaro or something like I'll never in my life be able to do like Everest or K2 or whatever, but of the continental peaks, you know, do you know how much money it takes to even get near any of those. No, no, no. I know somebody that did Kilimanjaro. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's attainable because that's not one you need gear for. Right. Um, you can basically hike that one with pretty much civilian gear and a guide. It costs a little bit of money, but I mean, it's Africa. It's, for Americans, it's not that big of a deal. That's true. If you can afford the flight over there, it's pretty cheap. And it takes like three days. I mean, you can just do it as like a normal person. You don't, you know. Doesn't you, it have a really like low grade at first and then it gets gnarly? I think compared to the other peaks, I forget the one in Europe, but like Denali's the one in America. Um, Asia's obviously Everest. I don't know about Australia. But or South America, but can you like, get to the top of Mount Fuji or no? 
they don't like in japan i'm sure you i'm sure you can but that's another thing like all of the other hikes like that are they're not hikes they're mountaineering like you need technical equipment and a lot of experience so yes a they cost a lot of money thousand dollars yes more than ten thousand dollars i think everest is a hundred twenty thousand or something like that just the baseline fee not your gear just what it costs to do it for permitting um but yeah, well, yeah like, they're like, we have to come get your corpse at some point. They're not attainable, but like something like Kilimanjaro, like a- after doing two uh, 5,000 foot peaks in a row, Kilimanjaro is something like 10,000. I mean, it's between 10 and 15. I was like, I could absolutely do that. I feel like And that, why not check that off the list? That is day, very you know? much in your nature to be like, I, cl- I climbed a couple tall ones. I'll take, I'll take uh, you know, number four. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Oh, it's a sense of possibility. It's a sense of wonderment. Like, why not? I mean, you, you know, and again, when no, you have to scale, though, you when know, you have the mental scaling. challenge underneath you already, when you're like, OK, I've been through part of the psychic challenge. I know it would be harder, but I know I can push through and do it. What you know, the real thing would be like, ooh, could I do both of these in one day? I don't think anybody can do that. I don't think time wise. It's probably just possible, time. Just time wise. It's not really possible. Yeah. But like. To be able to do it and not be in pain would probably be the real measure of skill and ability. Well, I think for a lot of very experienced people, like doing both those peaks in two days would always be tiring, but it wouldn't be like debilitating. Right. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, that would be great too, but you know, I'm just a layperson. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not interested in being like the best mountaineer or hiker alive. I'm not interested in making this like a part of my life in terms of identity but knowing what is possible but if you you go like once twice a month for most of the year that is part of your identity maybe it would maybe it would become part of it i don't know i'm open to the idea but um you know it's about challenging yourself and like overcoming something and like feeling good about that yeah it's part of the reason it's difficult to come back and then never you know everyone's just doing their normal day thing Mm. which is I'm mired in my own circumstances and I'm like feeling sorry for myself. You're well, like, welcome welcome to New York. Yeah, you're like, well, every, <laughs> in everybody, the words everybody, of fucking, Taylor Swift. everybody fucking get over it, you know? Yeah. Well, New York is full of bottoms because it's people that just like to get fucked and feel good about it. Yeah. Like, you know, some, you know, again, some I'm of one of those people too, but occasionally I step out of that and I'm like, oh man, I just came down from the clouds and now here I am back on the dirty streets and I got to start moving my car again. Ugh. Yeah. Come on. I don't want to be thinking about this right well, now. Well, you know. The mundane is a mountain of its own. Yeah, it is. It is. It's terrible. But I have I you know, I don't there's no satisfaction in grappling with the mundane. I don't find it there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a Casper David Friedrich type of motherfucker. I got to stand up there in the mist. Okay. And be like what is life? You need a waistcoat too? Yeah. Mhm. You know that man probably died up there in that teeny tiny little waistcoat. See, that would be really up my alley is like get like the same equipment that somebody in the 1840s would have had and try to make the same climb with their gear. They would have had Abercrombie and Fitch. I'm not joking. Wow. Problematic. Pro- we stand a problematic fave that in this white house. Hot, <laughs> those white hot mountaineers. I mean, if all mountaineers look like, you know shredded rugby players Mm. i would take up hiking Mm -hmm. yeah i wonder if they were sex trafficking children back in those days too they definitely were (laughs) it wasn't even illegal then mm, we just called it marriage manifest destiny (laughs) the new fragrance from a and f forget fierce okay you can go to bed now (laughs) no (laughs) I'm just, rant over i'm hitting i'm hitting my like no i know it's okay i'm hitting my oopsie di- it's yeah. okay dude we're done i you know i wanted to do it tonight because i was excited to say my piece yes and i could carry the episode so yes. you could be grumpy gus and just sort of half listen and now we're done i listened i know sort of i listened mostly i asked f- prompting questions piped in when i needed to <laughs> that's what i'm here for yep color commentary you know mm-hmm yeah, I, exactly. You you fulfilled your role. I you know I needed forty five seconds out of you, and I got it. <laughs> so we're good <sighs> now. You can now you can rest. I mean, everything is in pain. I don't know why. Forever sleep.
I'm not dying. <laughs> I'm just going to hit that big-ass bottle of uh, ibuprofen and be like, hello, babies. Mm-hmm. And disappear into your robes. Oh, God, I wish. It's too hot for robe time. Linen robes, that's where it's at. That's what. It, well, ooh, that is Yoda dying in a bed. Oopsies. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yours are just not quite as tattered. They're well-tailored. I don't... Not when you buy linen on Amazon. It's $35. So you look at it the wrong way, those threads are falling out. It looks like the new Balenciaga Derelict collection. Did you see any of it? I did. On your... Yeah. I don't want <laughs> We can talk about that on the after show. I can carry the after show. Wow, if you're you going to do the after show right now? Yeah, I'm I'm not drinking, so I can Okay. All right. Well, I am drinking, so you're going to carry it for sure. Oh boy. Goodbye.